in a format where people try to always be right, we're comfortable being mostly wrong. Hi there, and welcome to Mostly Wrong. This is a miscellaneous media podcast covering a variety of topics, including TV, movies, books, comics, games, and anything we else happen to be interested in from week to week. We'll most certainly discuss spoilers, so proceed at your own risk. Uh, so this week, we are down a man. It's a duo. And with me is Mark Jackson. Hey. And I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Matt Lucas. <laughs> Who are you again? Matt Lucas. <laughs> New phone who did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ryan is, uh, where is he at again? The Caribbean? Yeah, yeah. Dominican Republic? Is that the same? I don't know. Well, I mean, that's Caribbean, but okay. I think that's specifically the island Okay, he's at. Well, <clears throat> I think we're going to have a fairly laser-focused episode tonight. Unless there is... <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> We have two big things to really talk about, and we haven't talked about, we've been talking about one of them, but the other, we haven't discussed at all, right? No, no, and I think we should start with that. Okay, I agree with you. Um, so, since we're being coy boys, <laughs> what we're alluding to <laughs> is we both saw uh, The Batman, by, and, um, well, Mark, let's just start with you. What's your overall okay. impression? Uh, well... I'll just start off by saying that it's my second favorite Batman movie. Nice. It's it's right under Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Okay. Yeah. I had a feeling that, that would be um, the one. It loses some points because of how flippin' long it is. No shit. Yeah. This, and <laughs> I'll just say off the top here, I did really like it. But its yeah. length okay. was a detriment. And mm-hmm. I feel like they could have trimmed some fat and still got yes. got the mood that they were trying to convey. Right. And don't get me wrong. I like Lord of the Rings. So I like long <laughs> movies. Right. I like Apocalypse Now. Right. So it's not, it just felt long in some areas. And I think, like you said, if they could have just trimmed some of that fat, it would have been, mm-hmm. I would have probably put it right up there with like neck and neck with dark Knight, it just loses some because of how long it is like i don't really know i mean as much as i like it it's going to be tough for me to want to sit down and watch it again just knowing how long it is that was exactly my takeaway it's unusual for me to go see something that i would come out of being very positive but also reluctant to watch (laughs) again immediately right you know right so um what was i gonna say (laughs) So I'll just start off the front with one thing that I didn't, that I was less than happy with, that I kind of didn't like about it, had nothing to do with the, the movie itself, but the expectations, and also an argument for why you probably shouldn't watch trailers. Because, <laughs> I'm sure you'll agree with me, outside of like the set piece at the end, they showed mm-hmm. every bit of the action that occurs in the movie, in the trailers. Well, I didn't watch any trailers. Oh, you're so lucky. 
because every pretty much every cool scene, every actiony scene, they mm-hmm. showed at least a snippet of. And to be fair, like there's a few of them, but they're relatively short within the scope of the entire movie. He's got some very moody, effective, like violent scenes. And like I'm saying, until the very end, you know, where there's the whole uh, confrontation with the Riddler's um, minions and stuff at the uh, right, right. Where was that? What was the... Uh, well, it's Madison Square Gardens, but it was Gotham Square Gardens. <laughs> okay, Gotham Square Gardens. <laughs> None of that was alluded to in the trailers. But him beating the guy down in the first scene, him uh, fighting the guys in the dark and only being illuminated by the gunfire. Very cool stuff. Um, All of that was in trailers? Yes. You should go back and wow. watch it. Yeah. And yeah. that's it wouldn't have been a mistake, to, from my impression, if there was more. So the only things that they didn't touch on from in that way were, uh, sorry, the end scene and then the Batmobile. Like the actual mm. intro of the Batmobile, that was, I don't know, that was incredible. I feel like it has yeah. probably the one of the best, the best intro to a Batmobile, regardless of how you feel about the design of it. Um, <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was so intimidating. <laughs> like, it was. And that car, it's, it's got to be, it's probably my favorite Batman I agree. So let's reel it back then. (laughs) We don't have to go like (laughs) note by note about everything that happened, but I, I'm not surprised that you liked it. And I'm kind of glad that you feel the same way that like somehow you can like it, but feel it's overstated. It's welcome a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause you felt the time. Uh, Right. Let's, I mean, talk about the cast a little bit. I feel like it was incredible, incredible across the board. I don't think there was any miscasting. If Colin Farrell doesn't get nominated, well, nominated for an Oscar next year for his performance as Kingpin, uh, I don't know what they're smoking over there. You mean Penguin? Because <laughs> yeah, Penguin. Jeez, did I say King? I said Kingpin, didn't I? Penguin's kind of a Kingpin. <laughs> but I mean, he, he. I mean, yeah, you're right. All the performances, even uh, even uh, uh, what's his the Batman himself. Robert really Pattinson. Good... Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I do, I did see something pretty funny today about uh, somebody made the, uh, somewhere on Reddit probably mm-hmm. uh, said that it's like, uh, 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 well, whoa, I'm trying to remember how it goes so I don't butcher it, but um, something about how long it took him to, it, it took him, he was like the worst vampire ever because it took him 14 years to turn into a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that. <laughs> but but yeah. um Sarah didn't like him at all. But no. Hmm. She she didn't like him at all. Um so what was did she go into that at all? I could see it I think on certain levels, but I'm curious like what her perspective is. Um well, I don't want to I don't want to speak for her. Okay, but, so uh, she didn't I, really it, she did and I don't I, I don't want to like um I think I think it has something to do. You just look too emo and too goth. <laughs> you know what? I'll be honest with you. My idea- actually no. She said his face is kind of ugly. Like everybody else in the movie looked great, <laughs> he, but then you, you, your main character, it's like put the mask back on. Is what she was saying. <laughs> you know, I never kind of like he was a heartthrob right in Twilight. That was his whole deal. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I never saw him as what I would consider a conventionally attractive person. Like he's got striking features, but I wouldn't say that's a handsome man. And I mean, he definitely has the jaw structure Mm -hmm. for Batman. Yeah. You need that for the cowl. Right. 
Right. But, um, I mean, I didn't have any problems with him doing it. I honestly, I had the only other thing I've seen him in is Goblet of Fire, the Harry, Harry Potter, Potter movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he's Cedric got a dickery bit, or whatever. Right. Right. And so I, this was really the first move, full movie that I've seen him in. I, I think you saw, um, what was that? Not Inception, but the, the Nolan movie, um, where they're the time related one where they're in Tenet. Yeah. He was, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, okay. Um, he's in that. And that gave me a taste. Cause I think that's the only thing I've seen him outside of Harry Potter. And then unfortunately I did see the first twilight because of a relationship at that time. Um, and the thing is like, it's not his fault. He's an actor just trying to make a living. So, right, right, right. Um, but my take on it is he's not my idealized Batman. Um, as sad as it is to say, as much as I hate the movies from a writing and directorial standpoint, Ben Affleck's presence and like the look of his, his beefy bat suit and stuff, I found him extremely intimidating. I thought he was like a scary, well-visualized, kind of older Batman. It, mm-hmm. Just kind of like somebody that would intimidate other superheroes even without having powers. Um, gotcha. But the movie surrounding that design was terrible. So he never got a chance to shine. So he doesn't make, make it in the upper echelon. And the other problem I have is since we're talking about Batman, Mm -hmm. um, I don't like Bale's take on Batman. Um, Mostly his voice delivery. I know it's a a meme. It's a joke, but yeah. Now I haven't seen, I haven't seen the Affleck Batman, but my understanding is, is that he actually has a voice modulator built into the cow. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think makes perfect sense. It does. I mean, Batman being rich and um, having having a bunch of gadgets, it's mm-hmm. not out of the realm of possibility for him to have like a voice modulator. Exactly. I kind of wish that. I mean, with all the tech that uh, Nolan introduced into the, uh, you know, into the Batman movies, mm-hmm. you would think that having a voice modulator would have made sense. Yeah. Because yeah, it's. It, it was there's no it's a reason. choice it's a deliberate choice and it either works for you or, or it doesn't and it's so to me it's just too much and i can't yeah. get over it and it ruins his batman for me so okay he looks good you know like right. I, I like where they went with the designs um but anyway uh where was i going with this outside of the cat or not outside of the casting but back to the casting in the batman um i think my favorite relationship was the commissioner gordon relationship with him because commission commissioner gordon at jeffrey wright was completely down every step of the way like he had no doubt in batman's capabilities they were like ride or die together and right. i really liked seeing that another thing sidestepping i guess the casting is i liked that this was detective batman not necessarily yes. pure ass kicking me batman. too I think that was the ultimately they were going for like a seven approach to this movie. Like I've re- got a lot of seven vibes mm-hmm. uh, from this and the darkness. I, I probably one of the best since uh, one of the best Gotham's really. I would say it's the best Gotham. Like Burton. outside, unless you want to say Burton's almost. It's so surrealistic and gothic in a. In, it looks like sets. It kind of doesn't look like a real city. It just looks really right. well designed. Um, right. This looks like a really grounded Gotham that still has all the attributes you'd kind of expect. 
right all that gothic stuff and right but still looks like it could still be a modern city right no no i i yeah um so um oh man the i mean even the take on the the dark twisted take on the riddler mm-hmm. uh was great well um, yeah because he was kind of he's kind of like that whole incel thing he's basically mm-hmm. like speaking to the disaffected youth that you know yep and it worked for me on that level. Um, I think part of my problem with the rogues gallery sometimes is they bake everyone kind of a weird flavor, kind of the same flavor of crazy. They kind of get a little over the top at times. And then mm-hmm. I feel like the Riddler has always been typically a little more reserved and he would like act kind of wacky. And I realized it was just to sell like his mania. And I think, yeah, but I mean, they didn't go as wacky as Jim Carrey being Riddler, right? <laughs> no. no. So if that's the bar, then yes, clearly. And then you could go back to the '60s Batman, and he was super over the top too. So yeah, um, he had a, a good sense of menace, and I think it was a bold choice to not like show his real face until the very end of the movie. Till the very end, yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of like that ties back to the seven comparison, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But um. What was I going to say? I liked... So, obviously, I love the intro, the way that they kind of showed that the fear that Batman instills in people, where as soon as they see the back signal, criminals are, like, looking over their shoulder. Like, is he in the alley behind me? Is he in this tunnel? Right. And they're just all kind of, like, shitting bricks because he could be anywhere. And I honestly really like the, um, the crime noir, like... Uh, narration you know the first person kind of like him dictating to his journal not kind of it's exactly what he was doing right it can be it can come off like campy or ham-fisted if it's if it's done wrong if it's delivered you know slightly off and i felt Mm -hmm. like it worked perfectly for this yeah no and i and i think if you're going to go the detective route Mm -hmm. a noir is perfect for that right and that's how this that's how this felt like a gothic noir that just so happened to be a a comic book movie right um i thought they did a really i i i was just like i said other than the length i thought it was i thought it was really well done um i like matt reeves as a director i thought yeah. he did great on those uh uh final two uh eight, uh planet of the eight movies um, i never finished that series but i i loved the the intro did he do all of them or just the final two? no he just did the, uh two and three okay um but uh I think he did a much better job than the first guy did. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the stuff, the mocap stuff that he did for the apes and stuff was impressive. And, you know, I mean, I know you, I mean, it's, this is a completely different movie, but I think he's got the, uh, I think he, he pulled it off. Oh yeah. And made a really solid, dark Batman movie. I agree. That tell- holds up to you know because everybody was you know held those uh, Nolan movies up pretty high, um, and I feel like this rides right along with it. Well, yeah, I think Nolan was wanting that more grounded approach, and I think they kind of maybe uh, they hit it better here, in my opinion. Like it's a little okay. less. I don't think it's leagues better, but I feel like um, it still felt more like a, a regular kind of average guy that's dressing up in a suit you know like a tactical right. gear to go beat up people <laughs> and, right like when he does um 
I keep cycling back to this thing I mean to say. Oh, what I what I do like is that it's a different flavor of Batman. It's his second year. They explicitly talk about that. So yeah, he makes mistakes. Um, right, and, like the whole thing with the bomb going off in his face. Yeah, that, and then when he had to kind of escape from the dudes at the top of the building and use his, his squirrel suit or whatever, but he was initially terrified. He like kind of clambered out on top of that statue and then realized yeah. how high up he was. And he was like, oh shit. And it was like a real <laughs> moment for him because he hadn't actually interacted with the environment in that way before it was like his first right. batman as batman moment right and um uh i think he looks young and kind of smallish and he's got that angry undertone to like to how he feels like he's got that bitterness but that's actually his arc right um right because he they he says that he's vengeance, right? And it's almost campy or a little over the top the way he says that. It's like such a Batman thing to say. Right. But then it comes back around to that in the end when one of those, one of the Riddler minions spits it back in his face. And he, it's almost like he's slapped when they say, I'm vengeance. He's like, oh, this is what I'm inspiring. You know, by right. being a, a thing of pure fear and terror, then I'm inspiring other people to behave the same way. Right. And so yeah, I think that was a realization for his character that maybe he needs to dial back the vengeance aspect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you can, you can scare people or use it as a tool, but you can't, can't be the only tool. And right. um, I think the only thing that didn't work for me, like ab- abjectly, I did not like, and it's just like a single exchange with him and Alfred. Yes. At the, when Alfred was in the, uh, do, in the, uh, hospital. The, well, let's go back to that. Cause I'm curious what oh, okay. you have to say about that. Oh, okay. more so. I think it's during their first interaction and Alfred's just kind of giving him advice and he pulls the emo, like, you're not my dad. And oh, I was yeah. like, Oh, pff, yikes. That's not, <laughs> that's not a good look. I, I think it made him a little too juvenile. And I think that, it was intentional, right? Like right. they knew what they were doing when they had him say that. And it looked like he was kind of embarrassed to have said it almost like he right. realized what a mistake it was. And right. so there was a little bit of awareness, but I felt like that was like a bridge too far. Like it's just mm. too campy of a line. And, um, but that's just like nitpicking, right? I mean, right. that one string of dialogue, I just wasn't a fan of. <laughs> right. Well, my sort of issue with the whole hospital scene mm-hmm. was how strong he came on to Alfred. Um, Why'd you he, lie to me? Right. <laughs> and then Alfred explains and then he's like, Oh, okay. And it was just like, <laughs> shut off and back to being, Oh, you're my, you're my favorite Butler, you know? So I don't know. Butler it would just seemed a little, a little too neat. But then again, maybe it plays back into what you were saying that he's, he you know he is he's this is only his second year doing this he's much younger he's mm-hmm. still got a lot of learning to do and maybe that was another you're not my dad kind of moment <laughs> and the way i look at that is i think it's so i think when i look at exactly what you're talking about there he they handled it in a more realistic way because let's say you were very pissed off at me or a family member and Mm. you thought that they had really fucked you over and you got worked up in your head you know like as people can do you kind of start thinking things that you make assumptions you 
without the feedback from the person, you don't know what to think until you hear from them. So he's all hyped up because he heard from another person that something had happened a certain way. And he was thinking, oh, they betrayed me. They betrayed me. And then when he confronted him about it, Alfred's like, well, no, of course not. Like your dad would have never done that. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have lied about it. This is what really happened. And then that realization, he felt kind of silly or embarrassed. Like, oh yeah, of course. Like, of course you wouldn't be lying. Of course. Why am I trusting a a mob boss? (laughs) Who's literally a murderer. (laughs) That's a good point. And maybe... Maybe this is an issue. This is an issue more with, you know, with me, right? Um, because, yeah, this is supposed to be a younger Batman, mm-hmm. and we've been so used to having, you know, middle-aged Batman right. who's, uh, and who's probably all more put together than this guy. This right. this version of Batman, definitely so more than, emo- emotionally closed at that point. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, maybe that's why and I'm not trying to talk you out of like the way it made you feel right like right. if it didn't feel right to you it's you know just as valid as the way I felt about that other scene for right. me the strength of the movie was the fact that he was young and it portrayed him in a different way than he's typically being portrayed right and I liked um, kind of the analytical side of him that opening scene when Gordon brings him into that crime scene and he's just kind of quietly looking at things. I like that you can see his eyes and he's looking around and you can tell he's thinking, but also you realize after the fact that he's actually recording things <laughs> with his uh, right. high-tech contacts. <laughs> I was curious why he wasn't making notes, notes of things in the moment, why he was just staring at them. I particularly liked when he was looking around and then walked over and saw like the blood streak on the floor and just kind of looked right. at it. And then walked away, and then the crime scene analyst was like scurries over and like, oh, I missed that. You know what I mean? Like, so he noticed it <laughs> right. instantly. Right. It just showing that like he's more perceptive. I think that was an important deal. Um, right. And you know, speaking of it, what's his name? Who played Carmine Falcone? I should oh, know his name. Um, oh, now you made me like it was yeah. right right there. Um, <sighs> I mean, he's been in so many things. Right. Uh, All right. Yeah gonna kill me anyway uh yeah that guy he had a i've seen him he's kind of become a parody or kind of a character of himself in a lot of things he's been in transformers and he's been in like adam sandler movies where he's like kind of a goofy a goofy guy and i think he really yeah john totoro he definitely had like an undercurrent of menace like yes you knew that he was not to be fucked with Right, right. No, uh, I totally agree with you on this. Um, yeah, he looked pretty menacing. Yeah, just the way he carried himself. It was the confidence of somebody that knew that he was in control in any given situation. And I thought there was a subtlety to his performance. And it's also it's also kind of more menacing when you know this guy that's a really bad guy kind of comes off as warm and inviting on the, mm-hmm. you know, superficially. Because right. you know he's like truly a monster underneath. Because... Um, I guess an, another person to talk about is uh, Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz. Um, yep. I thought she was incredible. I really liked. I, I thought she did a really good job. Did you know that uh, she was passed over in uh, Dark Knight Rises for Catwoman because she because of the color of her skin? They wanted to go with a white Catwoman. 
Wow. Do you, yeah, I think the most generous exception I could give them for that, which I, I don't even buy into, is that Halle Berry did such a piss poor version that they're going to conflate that like any black woman would like. She spoiled well, it for black women, which is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Right, exactly. And she blew it away. Um, yeah. It was amazing. It was, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so she definitely. Um... <laughs> and I kind of liked I kind of like the minimalist from a, a costume design like she just had like a little kitty cat eared um what do you call it hoodie not hoodie uh toboggan or something like that right it right. was basically just a face mask with the a bigger eye hole cut out of it and then her right. mouth. I don't know <laughs> no it, I it mean it worked yeah it definitely worked and I thought their uh on-screen chemistry was good yeah so do I so and uh yeah, so Jeffrey Wright made a great mm-hmm. Gordon. Um, just, I mean, perfect. Um, and uh, who else was, who else? Um, well, we've already said Colin Farrell is mm-hmm. unrecognizable in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I like that he, I like that they made that choice. And um, Well, I mean, whatever they did makeup-wise or effect-wise for him was amazing. He was indistinguishable. You could not make out, you would not know it was him unless you were Every told. now and, because I knew <clears throat> it was him, every now and again, his, like, his voice would come through. I see. Just briefly. And you I feel like you have it. greater powers than me because for me, like, I was completely, he completely got lost in it for me. Yeah, I mean... Oh yeah, he was he was good. I hope we see more of him. Yeah, uh, as as uh, the penguin. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if they do. <clears throat> it's way more grounded. Like he looks like he's called the penguin just because he kind of resembles. He's got like a beakish nose and he's got kind right. of a dumpy build. Right. right. He's not Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't raised in the sewers with flippers. <laughs> Some deformed baby, which has its own charm. Right. They're going for a right, different right. thing there. Right. But um, I don't know. It's funny that sitting here now, I felt like in the, in the moment it was too long, but I can't mm-hmm. think about, I'm not sure what you cut, you know, I don't know what was inessential without probably watching it again. It's, yeah, I'd say it was probably 15 to 20% too long. And that may just be like general scenes, you know, maybe the finale was maybe perhaps too long too much of him fighting those dudes yeah maybe Uh, you're right i mean i don't know what you cut because about every part of this movie was great yeah um i don't know but yeah it was long i don't know maybe maybe by not having so many um villains for one true but um I mean, they could have just made an entire Batman movie with the Riddler the way the Riddler was in this movie, and it would probably still have been good. Right. Uh, and the thing is, though, like, as much as the Penguin the penguin was in it, but he was definitely a tertiary character. Right. This was... I, I feel like this is before... This was, like, before he becomes, like, the... He's penguin. not a crime boss in this. Right. He becomes right. the crime boss when uh, Falcone is assassinated. But prior to that, he's just, like, muscle or, like, a high-level thug. Right. Exactly. And so it was (laughs) Penguin the origin. (laughs) Right. I like how they just kind of left him up there on top of the building. Yeah. (laughs) With chains, and they just (laughs) left. 
<laughs> you um, sons of bitches. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was so good. Yeah. I think it just, this whole discussion is basically love fest. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know yeah, how much. I'm, I wasn't sure. I, I, I had a, I had a suspicion that you probably did like it. Yeah. Um, but I there you know I was like okay am I going to be the only one on this show that liked it? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Did Ryan end up seeing it? Do we know? I don't think he's seen it because okay. um, they were like it came out the day he was basically leaving for his okay. So. All right. So yeah, and I saw it with Carl and he liked it quite a bit. So oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So hey. I guess that thus ends uh, bat talk, and bat talk. <laughs> we'll go into other our other major topic. Which is uh, Elden Ring. Yeah, it's everybody's major topic. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like in the zeitgeist. Um, Dark Souls has always been like this darling of gaming since it came out. But I would say it was kind of a dark horse darling. Um, Yeah, it's very Well, you know, it's funny. I was reading into that and I've seen people calling it niche, but they've sold like tens of millions of copies. Mm. So it's like it's like a popular game that doesn't have a main didn't have a mainstream footprint you know like a casual appeal until this game i would like to see of all those people all those figures and numbers that they have of people of cells mm-hmm. of actually how many people actually beat the games oh I, i'm sure it's very low i mean i have beaten one and two um but not the dlc in two which people have pretty much universally said is some of the the most difficult bosses like in the series that's why i didn't even Mm. try it because well you know what dial i'll roll it back again and throw it back to you i want (laughs) to know like your journey from like avoiding dark souls it not being for you leading up to you finally buying this and actually playing it currently so what's um what's your arc there okay so a few years back during one of the steam sales uh the first dark souls mm-hmm. probably was on sale uh it was like 10 bucks or something like that so i was like i'll try it out and see what everybody thinks you know why everybody likes this game so much mm-hmm. and i couldn't even i died so many times to the very first creature you pretty much come in contact with <laughs> and i was like yeah, no. <laughs> Until I, you know, and it was like. A so year when you later, say the very you... first creature, you're talking about the big asylum demon that jumps down from the roof of yes. the church. Okay. Yes. Yes. And it was like a year or so later that you told me that you just you're supposed to run past that. Right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, it just kind of like solidified in my, uh, solidified in me that. Um, these games are too challenging for me and too stressful. Yeah. So I was, I was not going to buy this game at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I found out that it was, uh, it was made from by from soft and it was going to be another dark souls like, right. Um, and I, so much so that even like last week when my buddy Mike called me and asked if I was going to get it, I pretty much told him, I was like, no, there's no difficulty slider in this game, so I'm not playing it. <laughs> <laughs> and so what really kind of... I hate to say it, but I'm just going to, you know, for sake of honesty, I listened to a po- uh, to one of my podcasts. Scott Johnson. And they were, yeah, they were all talking. <laughs> and Scott's, Scott was like, is like 
me and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't understand why you can't why you, you can't have a Dark Souls game that has a difficulty slider because you know you still can dial you know increase the difficulty all the way up for everybody that wants to have that challenge. Mm-hmm. But for those of us that don't have the time uh, because we're parents or whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and don't you know want to have like a want to still play the game yep. that everybody's talking about but maybe doesn't want to like you know keep hitting the walls and everything like that could have a slider which i kind i still agree with you know right. uh i don't see why you can't do that and you know but anyway um so they're talking about it and he actually got it and tried it and was having fun with it mm-hmm. and said that for him for him it was the fact that it was open world allowed him to if he ran into something that was hard and kept hitting him with that wall mm-hmm. you could go off and do other things and that kind of made me got me thinking and i was like okay maybe i'll give this a shot so i went ahead and there was a part of me that was still screaming it's like no don't do it don't do it you're gonna be wasting your money but i went ahead and got it anyway mm-hmm. and here i am like playing it in conjunction with Final Fantasy, it's right <laughs> neck and neck. So they're um, each they're each other's palate cleansers. Yeah, they, it, they give you it, different it, experiences. It superseded um, um, uh, Cyberpunk for me mm-hmm. uh, right now because I was playing that along with uh, Final Fantasy, and now I'm when I'm not playing Final Fantasy and I have time to play something upstairs. That's what I'm playing. I'm playing Elden. And I, it, nobody's more surprised than me <laughs> the fact that I, I'm playing a Dark Souls-like <clears throat> game and then actually having fun with it. Yeah, for, for my part, um, I usually am strongly averse to super challenging games. And my least favorite part of Dark Souls, and this is true in this game too, is the actual set-piece major boss battles. Um, when I level up to a certain sufficient point and I kind of melt them down in an unfair way through leveling or exploiting things, that's fun for me. Yeah. But I don't really find protracted chip damage battles with multiple phases to be fun. Now I say this because I think you've never, you've never played any of the originals and you haven't hit a multi-phase boss yet. Nope. Um, that's a hallmark of this series. So as a person that's now, I think I am almost 20 hours in. Oh yeah. uh, You're, you're like double what I am. Right. And I'm level 52. Oh shit. Yeah. You're, you're, you're more than double my level. Part of that though is, uh, I did a little bit of cheesing cause I'm not above, um, trying to find out where things are early. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can have a little bit of an advantage because for me, the thing I love about Dork, Dark, Dork Souls, Dark Souls is <laughs> is the exploration element of it. Yeah, <laughs> and Dark Souls One for me, um, it has an interconnected world. It's almost a spoiler to say, but every part of that world connects back to another one in a way that you don't realize until you discover it. 
and mm. it was the, one of the most satisfying experiences of my life like navigating the zones and the levels of that game it was mm. very hard i had to fight for every inch of progress i made through it and every time i would hit a hard boss it would piss me off i'd have to grind i'd have to basically i was a, a, a sword and board i would ramped up all my stats so i could take massive hits with low damage and i would carry a massive sword that like two or three sit swings would kill a boss and oh, wow. so like i exploited that element a lot of people there's people that can take a level a soul level one or rune level one character naked with just a weapon and do no hit kill bosses or any enemy in the game that's not yeah me. I- yeah, no, that's not me. Definitely not me. And I don't have I don't have the patience. I also just don't have I don't think I have the coordination or I can't mm-hmm. sustain coordinated activity like that. Right. In a, in such a way. Like I just can't do it. My brain's not wired that way. My hands are dumb. I don't know how to say it. So <laughs> I I would definitely choose blocking and wearing heavy armor and stuff like that. And that's how I got through the first Dark Souls game. And it was just the world in so this is what you got a taste of in Elden Ring. It's this bleak, gothic, but kind of like hauntingly beautiful right. um, world. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to. I feel like almost uneasy when I'm in it. Yep, it kind of makes me uncomfortable, but uncomfortable in a way where when I'm not playing it, it gnaws at me. Like I'm thinking yes. about it. Like what can I find over the next horizon? What's in the next cave? And the fact that they've turned this into an open world in what Scott Johnson was saying is that in Dark Souls, you would hit a linear path. You'd have a boss that was a gate and you could do nothing else other than kind of grind back content with a few side offshoots that were very limited. And you would hit a wall boss and you could not proceed in the game until that. In this one, I've explored probably three quarters of the map, and I find that ex- extremely satisfying. Like, yep. I've beaten <clears throat> Margit, which is like the first wall boss, but he's not um, a lord. And I beat this, the actual first lord, um, Godric the Grafted. And yeah. I made it to the academy, and I've made it to the boss, or a boss of the academy, which is like this magical oh. school. And the really cool thing for me is getting to the school and getting there when I have, I've found really great gear for my sorcerer build. Anyway, that's probably too deep in the woods despite that. (laughs) But there's just tons of secrets around every corner. And Mm -hmm. there's danger everywhere. And there's like satisfaction in like circumventing it. And like I was telling you the other day, I was really impressed with you dealing with that first dungeon at the level that you dealt with it. Oh, really? Yeah, because I found it stressful even as a higher level character. Like, the, it's mm. kind of the first dungeon. It's one of two that you can run into. And of right. the two, it's much harder one. It's harder to traverse. The enemies are more difficult and more tricky. And I'm not sure about the boss because I melted that thing. <laughs> I had It took me three times to kill it, but I had to use the, uh, the wolves. Yeah, the wolves to help me. And you I get tried it... first two times. I tried it solo, right? Just myself. And then I was like, I gotta bring out the wolves. <laughs> Release the hounds. Exactly. And so that's what you enjoy about it—just kind of like the exploration. Yeah, and okay. So here's 
here's here's my uh here's what's really kind of like solidified this game for me okay so um first of all it looks gorgeous mm-hmm. okay if, as soon as you open that door and you come out into the out of the out of that uh, uh crypt that you come climbing out of into lingrave right although i i missed the whole uh tutorial, tutorial. <laughs> yeah it says to uh, jump down in there but um uh, i went back and did it anyway mm-hmm. um you still get runes for mm-hmm. doing it so i was like all right i beat the <laughs> The beat the the tutorial boss right the godric <laughs> um, soldier yeah but um yeah so uh, as soon as you walked out i went to the uh the, the chapel there mm-hmm. as you do and um i avoided the guy on horseback right. um who i I'm, I'm guessing is only there to uh alert new players to or warn new players you're not ready for this the... yet idiot yes yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um after I did that, that's where I saw that gargoyle up on the hill and I was like, you know what? I could go there because you know what? This is open world. <laughs> so I went up there and wanted to I was afraid it was going to attack me. Is yeah. what it was. <laughs> but then you click on it and there's this blue mist that comes out of it. <clears throat> and I that's when I asked you, you know, is this something that was in other previous Dark Souls games? Do you know what this is for? Hmm. And when you said it points to something special, I just went in that direction. And that's where I found the dungeon. See, um, I knew that, but it's it's cool that you just followed it, you know, to where it intended and you found it and you also completed it. And you had no idea what you were in for. Well, it took me it took me a while to complete right. it, first of all. Okay. Uh <clears throat> stupid gob. So gob I think what's interesting to me the walls. No, no, but what it was what interests me is like Despite your normal predilection, you didn't immediately quit. Like even though no. it was hard and challenging, like mm-hmm. what kept what drove you to continue it? Um I think it's the the game itself, like the atmosphere. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, I'm not I'm no, no joke. I'm just curious, I mean, yeah. The open worldness is what's you know, I honestly I gave myself, okay, I'm going to try this a couple three or four times. Mm-hmm. Um if I can't get through this, I'll come back. I'll go do something else. So I'm giving myself like, you know, I'm not going to allow myself to keep hitting a wall. Mm-hmm. And um, which honestly, with what you described in the first Dark Souls game, I that that would have been even if I got past that that um, for that boss that drops down into the into the abbey or whatever. And I would probably have not completed the. I, I would have quit anyway. Mm-hmm. Um because the idea of backtracking, um, for some reason in an open world game, isn't there. Right. But in a linear game, backtracking to do redoing stuff that you've already done feels like, um, I don't know, it just feels wrong to me. Yeah. And it, it uh, this game, I've actually <laughs> because of the open worldness. Even though you die or you go to a, a, a grace all the monsters return mm-hmm. um i'm using the open world aspect to like practice mm-hmm. so i'm practicing my combat on those stupid little uh those guys that are in that like little village right before the 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 the, uh, the giant that drops down on you yeah <laughs> so that i murdered them like multiple times <laughs> although i avoided the dude the lance dude because that guy could just fuck right off <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I would go around 
I snuck around. I tried sneaking. I tried all that. Um, sneaking's great. Mm-hmm. The game, the AI in this is, it, while it's all brutal, they're pretty dumb when yes. it comes to um, uh, that kind of mechanic. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I'm walking, I'm sneaking up, you know, on their flank even, and they're not, they don't notice me. Yeah, they're not um, super aware that where it comes in is if you give them an opening mid fight, they will capitalize because they will yeah. combo you to death. You can die in seconds if you let yeah. them get through. Yeah. And the nice thing about my build, my uh, samurai is that uh, because it's a dex build, I could just keep swinging and mm-hmm. I put some points into endurance. So I can have that endurance bar. Uh, it's almost as high as my health bar. So I'm like not getting uh what is it? Uh, fatigued. Uh, endurance locked or fatigued. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I can like get a big hit in and then just keep hitting them, mm-hmm. hitting him and hitting him and keeping them from like attacking me. Right. Um, if I can't get one off, then that's where I back, you know, roll away. Mm-hmm. But the thing is I had, you know, I learned that from doing all this practicing out in the open world with creatures that I felt like I could handle. Right. Um, and then I went back to the dungeon and I felt more, um, prepared, right? You know, I already knew where all the imps were because I, you know, I, and so I, they didn't surprise me anymore. Well, and that's that's kind of the point. Um, the the loop in these games, even in the older games, is you learn the environment, you learn the surprises, and then it trivializes it because even if you can't fight them fairly to clear an area you can literally just run past them because you know where they'll all be you know exactly what they do and any zone for the most part you can entirely bypass 90 percent of the enemies within it once you know the layout of the area and the thing is it's it's a brutal game that'll punish you severely but the reason people give it slack for that is that it's fair in that way because nothing changes it surprises you like left and right will fuck you over out of nowhere in a new area in a new surprising way but then you know that then you know you come back you can know to avoid or you know what's coming exactly it's like it's it's i think the idealized version of a roguelike or a, a rogue game where you know every subsequent time you play through it you you as a human being become more more skillful like you yeah. know how to deal with it better. And so that's enhanced that's enhanced by the fact that every time you do it, you're also leveling attributes. So you're getting right. physically stronger as well as gaining the knowledge. And I think that's an addictive loop. Yes, yes. Um, I'm also surprising myself with the fact that I'm not using a shield. Yeah. So, um, is it, is it I... purely because it's not thematic with a samurai? um initially yes right but then when i was like you know getting beat down a lot i was like maybe i should have a shield um but then that's when i found the my second uh katana right so now now i'm like wielding now i made a mistake Uh early on i i put a a, uh, what are the the ash of war Mm -hmm. on my katana like i found one off that boss actually in that dungeon he drops one right and um i put that it was like a stomp that's supposed to stun Mm -hmm. i put that on my 
katana. Well, <laughs> turns out that katanas come with a bil- an ability that's super awesome and super powerful into the sword itself. Right. As soon as you lose it, though, as soon as you put an, a- an Ash of War on it. Mm. And that's the unsheathed. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen video of it, but it's like where the character has like comes down and then swings out mm-hmm. like uh, the a classic know, samurai tradition. strike. Ash, yeah, but it does a massive amount of damage. Right. Um, and that if I but there's a timing that, component to it. It doesn't. There is a timing component to it, but the thing is, it's pretty forgiving timing. Okay. Because um, <laughs> there have been a few times. To- I mean, obviously, it uses FP. Mm-hmm. So it's um, so you can't use it like you keep can't going spam with it. it. You can't spam it, but I can usually kill somebody before I run out of it. So what's going on here is like you'll stagger them with that initial um, unsheathe, yeah. and then you'll just chop them to shit with subsequent. Or I do another, yeah, chop them to shit, and then uh, back up, back off, let my stamina build back up, and then I do unsheathe the game. What's your experience been with like? heavy armored like shielded enemies um well that dude that lancer dude in that 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 area uh that i was talking about earlier has a shield yeah um and i i realized that what i was supposed to be doing was circling around him to his back um but it, it's just hard to do when he like when he gets his because he stabs you like three or four times and he's got the range because he's got mm-hmm. um a spear um, but, um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think, I think the unsheathed or what I, here's what I do when I see a shield, you, I do the jump attack, Okay. the, the jump with heavy attack, mm-hmm. um, which is another very powerful move that, uh, doesn't require, um, FP or, um, any kind of okay i was just curious because i haven't been playing i found a spell that functionally works like a sword strike it's literally you conjure with your wand you conjure a magic sword blade and you attack like it's a sword and instead of using stamina it uses magic Mm. and it'll cut through guards to a, a certain extent and um but i've not really interacted with like breaking guard and even when i played dark souls before i did a strength build to where i'd hold these ultra great swords that are like bigger than my entire body and it would just it would literally smash enemies flat if i hit them with it i loved that feeling i've never played a dex based character so i was curious yeah no i mean the thing for me the fact that i don't have a shield is made up by the fact that i can just i can keep spamming my my light attack um my advice to you would be to try to uh get proficient with dealing with that lancer because there's a lot of knight characters later that will be um not hard walls but definitely block your path in a significant way problem the problem with that knight guy is to get to him i have to murder everybody else and that takes time Mm -hmm. i haven't found there is another camp that i found that's kind of got pretty pretty easy easy guys Mm -hmm. um and he sits in the middle of the and there's another one of those guys that sits in the middle of the camp but he's surrounded by three dogs right so 
The problem is that then he keeps being surrounded. That kind of character keeps being surrounded by other characters. Yeah. And I try to not take on more than one creature at a time if I can help it. Right. Because that's where I, I... What you have to do in those scenarios, which you probably know, because since you're a samurai, you can have you can use bows. And I know the ammo is scarce. But you got to yes. find like the cheapest ammo to craft or find. Well, and I've use already... it to ping them to draw them out one at a time. So here's the thing. Since I got, uh, that's what I was doing. I got the cookbook mm-hmm. that uh, allows you to make bone arrows. Uh-huh. So, and all I, I just go around and murder sheep. <laughs> <laughs> get, get animal bones. It's mm-hmm. basically what you need. And it's pretty, I've got like, I've got maybe 70 air of those right now. Right. Uh, the thing is, I still haven't gotten a hand of weapon swapping. Uh, between like a bow and my sword mm-hmm. so to do that in the middle of combat when somebody's rushing on you to like try and fumble with it to get your sword back out because yeah. I would inevitably sheathe my sword and then <laughs> I'd have to click it again to bring the sword back out but then at the time I wanted to go two hand so then I had to hit another set of buttons to go two hand <laughs> so yeah it was just like okay I'm not going to use my bow so what I did was that I found some uh, in that cookbook also they have uh, bone daggers that you can mm-hmm. throw. So also I put good. that in my pouch, and that's what I used instead. It didn't do Which damage. But it, it, right. It didn't do damage. I mean, it does damage, but it didn't do enough. But what it did do was pull aggro. Right. And it would pull them away from the rest of the group, and I could maybe take them on one at a time nice. that way. Well, there you but, go, then. So, yeah, again, using the open world for experimentation. Right. Um and that's why I still haven't I've given myself an arbitrary level of like 25 mm-hmm. to go do Margaret so I was like as soon as I'm 25 I've got both my uh, katanas upgraded to plus 2 mm-hmm. um, I found where I could get some smithing stones um, in a cave where there's a bunch of miners and the miners for the most part ignore you yeah it's just those weird freaky ass looking ones that have like the, yeah the ones on the with the stuff on the back yeah and... but but you wanted to but the thing is those miners are hitting smithing stones yep so you gotta k- get kill them or at least uh get their attention away and then run past them get the smithing stone and keep running mm-hmm. and i would go up and down the elevators um although i did get <laughs> i did <laughs> see that there was like a level right that the elevator passes right so i jumped off but then, like, okay, how am I supposed to? How am I supposed to get back to the elevator? Because <laughs> I, I threw one of the, I, I cleared out that area because there was only like a handful of those minor guys up there. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, how did I get back down? There isn't like a crank to bring the elevator back up. So I had like one of those uh, rainbow stones. Right. I dropped it and it blew up when it hit the ground. I was like, oh, I'm dead if I jump down there. <laughs> So I was like, what am I going to do? So you had to warp you out. You can't warp out in there. Interesting. Yeah. So I was like, because that was my first thought. So what I ended up having to do is like, I ended up having to backtrack. And, I, and there was like another turn or something that I didn't go far enough. And there was another elevator. Nice. So, but I ended up killing the boss for that, that, that dungeon. I killed the, uh, like a big troll guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there was another dungeon that ha- where I had the- got my katana from mm-hmm. that I also killed the boss from. So I've killed dungeon bosses. Right. 
And I used the um, uh, the last boss, uh, actually the boss that was in the um, that dun- that mine I was just telling you about. Right. I used the uh, jellyfish, mm-hmm. and the jellyfish is amazing. The jellyfish, they're all situational from what I found. Um, mm-hmm. It depends on how aggro the boss is. How if there's there's going to be boss encounters where there's multiple bosses in the same arena. Um, yeah, not to spoil things for you, but um, there are just going to be different circumstances where one is better than the other. The best thing about the jellyfish is it's way more tanky. It survives yes. a lot longer, and it does poison, which is nice. Yes. Yes. So, so it's, uh, so yeah, I could see that being done on a sing- like I might, I'm definitely probably going to use the jellyfish on Margaret. One thing that I would tell you to try um, is if you can kill that mariner. Uh, the ghost boss that's in that one village. You know, oh, the, the, the one the on the boat, boat. ghost on the boat. <laughs> ghost on the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get skeletal militia, and the advantage to them is oh, that's your skeleton army. So it's two of them, but what happens is Skeleton they rose. behave they behave like regular skeletons, and if they're not killed while resurrecting, they infinitely resurrect during your fight. Oh, nice. So, all the, right. Well, I'm those aren't my great. Point, my job to kill that ghost on the boat. They are not great in bosses that do sustained or or a lot of AOE because the AOE okay. will kill them. You know what I mean? Okay. While they're defenseless, right. but definitely melee focused fast bosses that are more about you know striking. They definitely help mitigate that quite a bit. Okay. All right. So, I haven't tried. I have the uh, the nobles. But mm-hmm. I haven't tried them yet, so, I, so I'm curious to see what they what they are like. So add They're another like, layer. You can level these up too. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I found that out when I got to the round table. Right. Um, I the 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 chick that gives you the jellyfish actually ends up being at the round table. Right. Um, and I found out. I was reading, and I found out that she actually once you beat Margaret, I think mm-hmm. she gives she can then upgrade your. Yeah, and the upgrades uh, come from obviously runes but there's something called grave wart so you get i might have you probably do so there's tears of it because there's always tears of everything in these games but um i would assume you probably already have it so you'll be able to level up your uh summons did you get the flask of um physics physics i have not got that yet it's isn't that down in the lake area or something no it's way on the uh it's far east okay somehow like a chapel yeah somehow i've avoided that like i knew about that since the beginning and just haven't randomly come across it because i didn't i've spent all my time searching for like improved weapons or gear and one nice thing is i'm a caster and i found something that bumped all of my stats like five or ten points it's a talisman hmm. and so now i'm wearing a knight set of armor because usually um plate armor detracts from your overall magic casting ability but this one it's baked into it so the only downside to it is that it weighs down your your load and like one thing you don't want to do as a dexterity based character um when you're rolling or dodging you're pretty smooth to do it right you're relatively quick yeah i learned that um there's uh, yeah i'm medium load right now you are medium load and a lot of people would say it's probably better to if you could pare down even more 
and be light. Tried. Yeah, and the uh, thing is, like, you become kind of a glass is, cannon. The, the starting, the starting um, gear is medium. That they give you for the medium. Well, and that's the whole thing. If you if you bump up your stats appropriately, you can like. <clears throat> so the most dire thing in this game, from an experienced player's perspective, is what's called fat rolling. It's if you yeah. have a heavy load, and you drop, and it's like you're in slow motion. And one of the biggest damage mitigating factors in this game is your roll. You have invincibility, like, from the beginning of your roll through, like, a couple frames of it. So you can evade a lot of serious damage just by rolling around like a maniac. Yeah, I figured that out. Okay, I figured you did, because you had no choice. But the faster you roll, the more invincibility frames that you get. And But the thing is, then it's risk-reward, because you can't take as many hits because there's another stat called poise and that's what dictates like you breaking like when you jump up and kick a dude holding a shield you're breaking his poise making him drop the shield and allowing you to like get in past it because there's a lot of shields that mitigate 100 percent of damage like it'll just bounce off until you remove that shield as an option so anyway how do you feel about the physic potion well I was, that's why I asked if you got it because I don't quite understand it. It's the since I haven't interacted with it, I believe it's a kind of create your own potion. You that's what I got the sense of, but I was like, I don't know what I would. This is a point I where I would say you run the risk of wasting consumables that might be hard to get. So I would look it up and find the best combo of ways because I think you can feed different things to it. It'll have different effects. So. Okay. I think it it works as like a one hit shield for anything, right? Okay. And so, um, yeah. See, I'm I'm not. I, I I mean, I read the text that it pops up, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know what I'm. <laughs> supposed to, like I said, I I've, I said this repeatedly, but you really need to like explore the world because that's what you're going to get the most enjoyment out of but when you find something super mysterious and and obtuse just look it up you know well that's what i did with the whole fia thing i was like do i want to hug this person this <laughs> seems kind of shady now you have so an i looked STD. it up <laughs> no <laughs> i have an std <laughs> but um anyway. anyway but yeah i um man i can't say i i, I can't believe it's uh 2022 and I'm uh, playing a Dark Souls game and enjoying it. Yeah, and I want you to hold on to that as long as you can because I do believe, and you could prove me wrong, but I believe that you will be off-put by major bosses. Um, how aggressive and how... Like I said, the aggressiveness and the scale of it I don't know. I'm curious how you're going to react. I don't want to say, I don't know you on that level. So I don't know if you like, you'll rise to the challenge and be like, okay, well, I'm going to get it this time. Or if it's uh, just maybe be what off-putting. I just need to do is break down and just try Margaret just mm-hmm. to get a sense. Yeah. Cause I, I do. Okay. So one thing I've also tried doing is if I know I'm about to fight a boss, mm-hmm. I try to go in with as le- as low a, a of runes as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that means going and leveling up or buying something just to use up the runes that I have, so I don't feel like I'm like, if I die, I don't feel like it's I'm the losing. best way to do it. 
you don't go in with any of that it's you can be more at peace if you die because let's see i didn't realize that ghost boat dude was considered like a boss because like you got it like a huge health one of those bar. huge health bars at the bottom it's like oh crap if i had <laughs> known that i would have because i was sitting on like two thousand runes at that time <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm gonna go try this boat guy since i finally found him and matt was able to kill him mm-hmm. i'll tell you something um there's plenty of things to discover but if there's a way for you to make this work I don't know if katanas have bleed effect. I feel like they would. Um, I feel like they do. I'll so, have to look at it again. There is, in this super fucked up zone, I think it's Kalis. It's, oh, is that, the, is that Ohio? Yeah, it's Ohio. It's a hellscape. Um, <laughs> there is a portion where there is a gigantic sleeping dragon. And it's okay. surrounded by a bunch of baby dragons. But if you skirt around it, you'll find a site of grace in front of a fort, which is insanely difficult for a low level. So also be prepared to be completely annihilated if you go into the fort. But anyway, okay. <laughs> if you find the sleeping dragon, um, you can't target it, right? You can't ar- you can click it. You can't select it as a target, but you can walk up to it specifically its tail because it's out of the view of the smaller dragons that are kind of patrolling and you can attack it and you can hurt it. But the thing has an absolutely ridiculously insane health pool. Um, Like even doing a couple hundred damage to it barely took off like the minus sliver of, of his bar. And so what I ended up doing, I was trying to use magic because my magic was pretty powerful it wasn't getting me there. It was like taking off three or 400. I think I would get up to like a thousand in a good, a good volley of spells, but mm-hmm. I didn't have enough potions to keep refilling in order to do damage. I think I did like a quarter damage to the thing after going through all my magic. And, um, so I found hook claws, like Wolverine claws. Okay. And I bumped up my dexterity a little bit. And, um, the hook claws have a bleed effect on it. And I didn't really understand the mechanics of the bleed effect until I utilized it on the dragon. And so what would happen is it it's like a roll based almost. So I would start attacking, hacking at the tail with the claws and it would be doing fractional damage, like a very, very small amount of damage. But then suddenly it would say there was bleed buildup. And then what would happen is a huge, relatively huge chunk of the health bar would drop. So I'd be doing a couple hundred points of damage, and then all of a sudden a bleed stack would happen, and it would do 13,000 points of damage. Which even 13,000 points was probably still like 120th of its health bar. Right. And um, But that being the case, I was just using stamina, and so I could just wait to rest, hack at it six or seven times... And probably one in three times it would cause that bleed stack. So I ended up killing it while it was asleep. It doesn't ever aggro. And if it dies, you get 80,000 runes. Oh, shit. So I'm telling you this as if you can just haul ass to that spot and then figure out a way like with your blades or some other way to like stack poison or bleed damage on it to, to cheese it. 80,000 runes is no joke. At, at your level, I think that's going to be probably 15 levels. Good night. Yeah. So, okay. 
Um, what you need to do as soon as we're done here, <laughs> get on the game, take a screenshot of where that is on your on the map. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be and, if you haven't left Lingrave, it's going to be quite a haul. I haven't. Okay, it's going to be like I said. Well, Lingrave is like this the pastoral. Best, have you found the bestial summon or the bestial sanctum? Yes, I have. Is that in the area? Because I'm the, I can port there. Yeah, I can port there too. And so, yeah, it, then you have a taste for what it's like. That's actually a worse area. <laughs> it's even. Well, higher. I've actually gone out there and, uh, and fought those like little imp dudes that have like the little ball and chain. How'd you do? Uh, okay. <clears throat> as long as I didn't pull more uh, than have one. two of them, mm-hmm. I was able to kill them. And the nice thing was, I was getting good amount of runes. And there's that that uh, that. Uh, grace area down by the the bridge that has a dragon on it that right. i avoid but there's a grace there and that's where i would like go back and forth so nice. i just went there and i was just farming those like little imp dudes all right well i mean since you've already been that bold um i will show you where it's at and then it's going to be up for you to like figure out how to kill that dragon <laughs> because okay being a melee character like you're not limited to like a magic pool to do the damage so it could just be a little tedious but i think it's an, a good early game boost supposedly yeah. long term it's not the best plan because you could infinitely farm the dragon babies for a decent chunk like at higher level but i think it's better for that initial boost like eighty thousand. Do the dragon babies go away if you kill the dragon the dragon babies never spawn again yeah okay but I'll tell you this right now. I already know that there's better farming areas than that. So I think it's in your best interest to like get a leg up on leveling. Right before the show, I found, I was reading an article about uh, somebody who was saying the best place to farm. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that they're in that same area, the Kalid or whatever it's called. Yeah. There's a, a point of grace uh, next to a hill with a downward slope. And if you ride down the hill there'll be a boulder that will start chasing you like uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> and if you move, cut to the right, as soon as the boulder, you know, as, the, as soon as the boulder starts chasing you, right. The boulder will follow you, but it will die essentially. And it, that boulder is considered a monster and it's like 2000 and it gives you 2000 runes. Right. So then you just go back to the point of grace at the top and do it again. <laughs> and you just do that over and over and there's no combat involved. Interesting. You're just, so, um, I was going to try and see if I could find that too, but this might actually 80,000. Yeah. You do that. You'd have to very... do it 40 times to equate what you'd get in that. So exactly, exactly. So I'm like 80,000 runes, man. That's, that's like, <laughs> yeah, I thought that would appeal to you. It appeals to everyone. The, the pre- so, pure greed monster. I'll have to look and see if my swords do that, but is there a way there are, where did you... go ahead. Where did you find those claws? I'm, I'm already deck, decks, so I would feel like... I feel like I they dropped kind of... off a boss. Maybe I got them from oh. the Beastman boss. Okay. I I will find out okay. where you can get the um, claws. The other thing... I mean, I'm, I'm liking right now that I can pretty much go anywhere and I don't, I, I don't have to fight a boss to continue progress. Right. Um, which is what it sounds like the other Dark Soul games were like. What you're going to find so think... is that there's going to be major zones, like usually capital city looking things where you might not be able to get in 
because you haven't beaten one of the key bosses. Okay. But the vast majority, like one cool thing for me, I won't keep going to more and more stuff, but I went way, way out of my way um, into a zone earlier than I was supposed to. But I had already searched a bunch of other places and I'd found these two half medallions and two random forts that I just happened to go into to see what they had. And I cleared the forts, climbed a tower, and in both forts, I got one half of a medallion. And I had no idea what to do with it. I decided I would just wait. And I get to this place that's called, I forget, Decimus or Decimus Lift. And it's this colossal stone statue that's below a colossal stone bridge. And it turns out I can offer those medallions and it lifts this entire segment of stone up to the top of the bridge and I randomly got those medals not knowing like I got them outside of knowing it and showed at the right place with both of them at the same time basically with the quest complete right if you had gotten there under normal circumstances it'd say you must find the medal to do this and how would you even go about finding it so that was an incredible feeling yeah yeah and see I (sighs) I don't have I haven't had an experience quite like it's because you haven't really you haven't ventured outside of Lingrave like proper yeah. the central area and I think it's it's a perfect starting zone so like you're really getting comfortable but you're gonna find the really high level gear and items kind of outside of that area you're gonna have to yeah. get out of your comfort zone with enemies that are gonna seriously one shot you if you get caught by them. Well, those little imp dudes outside uh, Bestial. Did you try uh, attacking the big dude in the stairs? Uh, I made the mistake of trying to run back that way uh, to avoid uh, to outrun some of those because I got three of those guys on me. Did they aggro him? uh, I aggroed him. I was like, (laughs) oh shit, that's not a statue. (laughs) I thought it didn't attack him. Then I ran down and went back to the point of grace and reset. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was like, oh crap. Cause like the big, the big health bar showed up and I was like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I fought that. I tried fighting it at level, level 40 and my like highest level spell did like a hundred damage versus like hundred thousand health. I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But see, that's what's nice. You mm-hmm. probably were able to just turn around and run. Exactly. And, and you wouldn't have been able to do that in Dark Souls. And, into... um, What's his name? Tempest? The horse? Oh, yeah. The horse. The best amazing. horse in games. You know, oh, yeah. there's no better Absolutely. conveyance in, in like any video game. A double like jump? Incredible. Shoe. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to also master um, uh, mounted combat. Mm-hmm. So um, a buddy of mine at work um, was talking, I was talking to him about it and he said he found a pretty good place to farm runes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. Um, did you ever find the um, the hut master that has like that sells like ashes of uh, yes? Ore? Mm-hmm. Okay, where he's at, uh, not far from where he is, there's like field that has some giants, mm-hmm. stone giants. Yep. And he was saying if you can uh, if you can manage to stay on your horse and just circle the giants and just whittle them down they drop they give you six thousand runes a pop oh nice yeah that's a high risk high reward scenario because those things can wreck you in like one hit at your level exactly because i tried to take out the one that drops down on you and Mm -hmm. 
I even tried cheesing him out of the way and out into the open area, yeah. and I still couldn't beat him. Right. But I yeah. was able to get him down to, like, be, uh, beyond half his health before Yeah, you should keep me. trying it, because I think you can... I, I think you can summon your wolves there. Yeah, you can summon your wolves. Also, I found where you can actually come around mm-hmm. and be up at top right behind him where he's standing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought, I, I, oh, I mean, I walked behind him and he didn't notice me. And I was like, I was so tempted just to start, like, attacking him. I think him what there. happens if you do that is it startles him and he just jumps down. Does he? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I, so. I was afraid that if I fought him... I would be trying to roll, and I'd roll off into my death. Well, either one works just... for me, so you should try it. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's that's the other thing. Like, I can't say enough that I'm loving the fact that it's open world because it gives me a chance to uh, have like an open area to experiment. And, and I think that's yeah. Outside of uh, everything else, it, it to me it legitimately feels like the most D and D game that was ever made. Like the spirit <laughs> of like old school D and D, where it's, everything is super dangerous and can kill you. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I can't say I don't know. I I just can't believe that I'm enjoying the game this much. Yeah. Uh, Ryan asked me, sent me a text today, asking me what my if I if what my thoughts were, and I was like. All I can say is that I'm playing it in conjunction with Final Fantasy. It's like if I try to go into why what what I'm liking right now, it's just going to be a long, long, right. long text. <laughs> but um, I can say with 100% certainty this is not a Ryan game, and that I can't envision a world where he's okay with how brutal it is, even with the fairness, like even with learning things. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would have a strong visceral visceral reaction to the you know, to the death penalty, basically. How easy it is to die and how easy it is to lose your runes. But I mean, at least it's... Okay. At least it's rune, only runes. If you lost your gear or anything like that... Oh, fuck that, yeah. The game yeah. Could, could burn. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, and I know that's not... Um, I mean... So I'm glad that they don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also glad that they didn't go the Breath of the Wild and have breakable weapons. I agree. That would have also uh, been a deal breaker. Yes, absolutely. But didn't some of the other Dark Souls have breaking weapons? They did. It wasn't to the extent of Dark Soul or to uh, Breath of the Wild. So you would still have the weapon. It just wouldn't function. It's like, uh, wow, when your equipment breaks. Oh, okay. You periodically repair it and it's fine. But if you weren't prepared and you were deep into a dungeon... Um, because the thing with Dark Souls is people talk about there's a lack, there's no slider in this, but the slider is A, the open world, the slider is summons, the slider is being able to like use fast travel whenever you want to use it for the most part. There's circumstances. What do you mean? You couldn't do, you couldn't do that in the Dark Souls? In the original Dark Souls, you don't unlock uh, fast travel until the back three quarters of the game and it only takes you to like one of probably six to seven bonfires that are in key areas and you can only travel from bonfire to bonfire so you can't warp anywhere in the world or the dungeon you have to go to a bonfire and then even then you're limited to which bonfires you can go to okay and not to mention the freedom of being able to jump and run like fluidly and then have that horse that can get you out of pretty much any trouble 
Yeah, I thought I read somewhere that somebody was like, they added a jump to this game. So Except I guess the other didn't have jump? Nope. There was a jump attack, but there wasn't just like jump to get up on ledges and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, the horse is, uh, the horse is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, the double jump. Uh, the fact that if you're mounted, it takes damage before you do. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of use that to your advantage as well. And it's not an extreme uh, penalty if it dies. I think it no. uses one of your health charges. I think one so. One of your health potions to bring it back. Right, right. Um, oh, that's the other thing. I uh, figured out how to... Uh, Golden seeds. Your... Yep. So I got... I got uh, I'm up to five, five health flasks in that's one nice. FP flask, which... I could probably do away with the FP flask because the only thing that uses that I use FP for is that unsheathed. Right. And so I don't know. That way I could have six flat health flasks. Yeah, they do. But the, I, I also the increase their uh, potency. So mm -hmm. um, one of those basically fills up my entire health bar. Right. <laughs> so. And there's those the seeds and tears everywhere for doing that. The only yeah. problem is um, it requires more seeds as you level up. So like I think I now need two or three seeds in order oh, to really? yeah which kind of stinks but that kind of like, sucks um what is your what do you do with the um what is the golden seeds the ones that like turn into runes like you smash them into your chest oh you just use them they're consumables do that you, give you runes is there any okay so there's no harm in just using those up as soon nope. as you get them Okay. I, what I'll typically do because I find it more satisfying is I'll save up as many as I feel like I want to, and then you can select all and bust and them all they're... in the same the same moment, so you'll get like a few thousand runes or more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if there was like any reason to like that there that you might need them for something else, or if they're just purely for just giving you yep runes. just free runes. Okay. Good. All right. Because like I had one that was like a level five one of those. Yeah. I think I had one. That that was, was, I think I had one that was level nine, and I think I got like thirteen thousand runes or something, something holy crazy. Holy. Yeah, because I was in a really <laughs> high level zone. Okay. Um, I also like finding those scarabs, even though they run run into danger. Yeah, I'm yeah. always mildly disappointed when they're the ones that just refill your health or your your MP. I guess they have a different color. Yeah, I know, but sometimes like I just spaz out and kill them thinking i'm going to get a treat and then i get that and i'm like oh <laughs> well if you don't kill them fast enough they disappear i know for the most part i do that. uh the i other... made the mistake the make made the mistake once of seeing one on top of a uh uh a ruin yeah and i was like what the heck is that glowing up there so i got my bow out and i shot it and i realized it was a scarab but it was gone by the time i got up there. yeah of course yeah you get you get probably five seconds to kill it but just about every other one I get is right on the edge of a cliff, and when I go to hit it, it falls off the cliff. Right. And I have to drop down and either kill myself because I, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm not paying attention to how big it is, or I get down there and they're already gone. Yeah, That's that sucks. You need to get some powerful um, arrows, something that'll like one or two shot them. Yeah, the, again, the bow kind of. The bow is great, but it's also kind of sucks at the same time. Well, um, I think it's because of the level bow you have. You'll get ones that have more power and draw faster and stuff like that. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I haven't found any. Right. Um, also, I haven't found any magic, so I don't know how you go about that. <laughs> um, you're probably not a build that's going to 
utilize a lot of magic. Um, you kind of have to build around it. And from what I experienced, all the good magic is outside of Lingrave, oh, or at least the okay. sorcery. Because there's, there's um, what they call sorceries are. Yeah, I, I hear there's, there's incantations. In, incantations, and then there's uh, pyromancy too. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Um, some of the videos that I was watching of like people attacking like Margaret and stuff like that was a guy that would they have like the spell that would shoot three orbs mm-hmm. like purple orbs yeah that's a that's a rock what is it it sounds really basic i use it all the time and now like you, you've locked up my brain rock sling but I, it looks like it does pretty massive amounts of it damage. does and that's that in conjunction with my spirit summons i think it may have been the uh, jellyfish i used so there's an npc summon like i told you his name's sir roger or something like that so that's you, the other thing I haven't figured out yet. But then again, you haven't I made haven't. it to Margaret yet. So, okay. um, if you go all the way up that path past um, the giant and you curl, go up past that shack where you met the girl that gave you the jellyfish. And then I think you curve around to the left. You'll go up to the gate, the front gate of Stormvale castle. You have to get back past some minor mobs and there's a small tunnel with a site of grace in it. And like, 50 feet from that site of grace is the fog wall for the boss. Maybe I'll just go up there and get that, that grace. You should. And then, like I said, the summon sign for him will be, uh, right there by the door, by the, the fog gate. Okay. I might, I mean, part of me like, okay, maybe I should go in solo, see how this go, how I do solo before I use a summons, <laughs> before I use, you should laugh. You should. <laughs> <laughs> you 100% should I think you need to experience it without you need to experience the full fury of what this guy is okay I think I might do it just go in make sure I don't have a whole lot of runes on me when I do it and just try because honestly I've got I, at first I was extremely nervous and I would stress out if I knew there was like a wall of mist mm-hmm. and part of me would be like I don't know if I want like the first time I at that dungeon Mm-hmm. Um, when I walked up to like, do I want to go in here? Do I want to go in here? Or do I want to go in here? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I don't have a whole lot of runes on me. Um, so let's try it. Yep. And I went in solo, uh, got my ass handed to me, but I was like, okay, but I did some damage to it. So I was like, okay, this is manageable. Um, so I tried it again solo and I got um, now that I kind of knew what it was going to be trying to do, although I didn't expect it to start shooting flames, which is what got me the second time. Right. Um, then I was like, okay, I need. Uh, let's try the summons because that was the first time I tried the summons, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, so yeah, these things are definitely helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so there's an item which I can't remember the name. It is to my eternal shame, which allows you to see summon signs of real players. So if you're at a boss gate and you use the item, I forget what it's called, but you have at least one in your inventory. Okay. And they're replenishable. If okay. you use it, it's a one-time use item. You'll see a real player character, somebody that's actually playing the game actively. They'll have dropped their sign by that door, the fog gate. It'll allow you to summon them into your game to fight the boss. Oh, okay. Have you tried that yet? Um, I tried it once with the boss that I had and it was going great but the second phase because this was a phase based boss uh, she one shot me with a magic spell like I was I didn't roll when I was supposed to roll and she just nuked me I didn't expect that 
but um he was it was a huge help but you do that at the cost of having uh your other summons so just keep that in mind oh so like you can't summon when uh, something when you've got a you can't have like your ashes at the same time as a real player character okay but i mean wouldn't you would think that having a real player there would to also dra- draw aggro, but it was also doing massive amounts of damage. Would be I helpful. used it um, in the original games to pass, to beat two or th- maybe three or four bosses because I just couldn't make it happen otherwise. I mean, it's nice having that as an option if you run into a wall. I agree. Um, and that's why I was so, telling you about it. Okay. I mean, all of this is good to know. Right. Um, so I feel like maybe I would, maybe the. Part of me is eating some crow here by saying that I've, I'm feeling like the game is more manageable than I thought. It is. Um, I will be honest with you, though. Um, I've spoiled some things for myself as far as like what late game bosses look like. And I honestly believe that that is not for me based on what I've seen. And oh, I, I probably won't engage with those bosses, or at least I won't throw myself against them repeatedly if they look as hard as they seemed. Now is okay that being said is is it possible is it possible with dark souls games to out level the bosses out level is debatable um from what i've heard is the bosses in this game a couple of them are as insane or tough as have been in any of the games so like they've ramped up that difficulty in certain spots another thing is like what's hard for one person is not as hard for another it's, it's a funny phenomenon. I've had bosses that I've one-shot, not literally one hit, but killed them in one go-round that other people have struggled for, like, multiple times. So right. your experience may that vary. I think, for me, it's just exciting to see, like, how you'll react to it. And okay. I kind of said the same thing about the original Dark Souls. I kept bouncing off hard bosses. But then I'd have that gnawing feeling, like, I want to see what's next. You know what I mean? And that's what would right. propel me through it. So Okay. Well, I think, again, this being open world, and I know we keep coming back to that, mm-hmm. is, is and the open world aspect of it is so good, mm-hmm. and there's so much to explore and so many secrets and stuff like that, that if you run into a wall like that, you can just go, well, I guess I'll come back to that later, like way- when I feel like when I feel like it that's how I feel and I think I could probably easily put another 20 hours into this game and even not beat it and probably Mm -hmm. be satisfied with the exploration I feel like even now I got my money's worth out of the game I feel like I could always go back to it and have fun with it and even though I've only touched you know a quarter of it so I mean (laughs) I told Ryan too I was like I want to try other classes I want to try other builds you know um that um uh the uh the ones that are wearing um they look almost look like uh nuns mm-hmm. what's that class uh those look pretty cool i don't remember um, what class that is they're kind of like a hybrid of magic and melee hmm. um, it might they, be the pyromancer are... i can't remember what they're called yeah but they look like they look like they're wearing habits okay i mean it, um, the uh, astrologer is what i am and his hood almost looks like like that what are they called anyway the that and the vanguard sounds pretty cool um 
Yeah, I'm looking it up. <laughs> I, I kind of want to try a prisoner just because of the weird alien-looking helmet thing they have <laughs> on their head. But then again, I know they're like super weak. Probably confessor is what you were talking about. Maybe, maybe. Um, they're like in black robes. Yep. That's okay. exactly it. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm all in. I I I'm I'm really enjoying it, despite the fact that it's super hard and super brutal, and I get um, stressed out playing it. But it's it, you know it's fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Didn't I didn't think I'd enjoy it, uh, but I'm glad I made the I took the plunge. Yep, I was um, too. Right now, my brother-in-law John's playing uh, Bloodborne. Oh yeah. Um. I love the aesthetic and the lore of that game, but it is way too fucking hard. It's got that linear problem. Okay, yeah, he's playing that right now, and I because I told him like, you need to get Elden Ring, and he was like, well, I want to play Bloodborne first and see. Um, yeah, just make sure you reiterate to him like if he finds you know the walls too difficult in that, that this solves that problem. Well, I kind of explained that to him. I told him that this one's more open world. So, yes, it's difficult, and yes, it's a Dark Souls game, but because of the open world aspect, it it kind of balances it out. Yeah. So, whereas the other ones was maybe more balanced, more tilted towards the difficulty. What I would recommend to you is watching, like, I don't know if you're the type of person that's inclined to this, but watching, like, a Bloodborne playthrough. Well, he was uh, streaming right before the... uh, his session on uh right well what i mean though is like watch like a pre-recorded one where somebody plays the whole game i think you would really like even if you fast forwarded through like the moment to moment there are lore videos and stuff it's very gothic and like uh elder gods type situation i think you would be very very into it well what i saw of it looked pretty pretty cool uh, the aesthetic looked cool like it looked like a yeah like a victorian gothic style it game. was. Like it he is. had a gun in one hand and a. Uh, the problem um, with it is, the the conceit of that game is pure aggression. So there are different weapons that play differently, but it all is based around the fact that you are in the monster's faces all the time, kind of how you're playing now. But the thing is, like, it's very skill based. Like you can't cheese very much in that game. Like you. Okay. Anyway. Okay. But. It is getting late. I have to get off. Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. So well, that was a good. I knew, I knew it was going to be a, a, a loaded, mm-hmm. a loaded uh, episode with our Elden Ring talk. That's why I wanted to get the Batman out of the way first. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm really excited that you're playing, that we can talk about it with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. we'll do I like it. that uh, you found stuff that uh, you found stuff that I haven't found. And I found some stuff that you haven't. Yeah, that's what makes it interesting to talk about, like that sense of exploration and discovery. Right, right. That's what's so cool. But um, yeah, uh, give me that map location for that sleeping dragon. I will. All right, let's give it a try. We got here. We're gonna wrap this up because we've been rambling for quite a quite a while. Um, (laughs) If anybody's still listening to this, uh, I don't give this out very often, but try to reach us at our email, mostlywrongshow at gmail dot com. That's the only thing I'm gonna give out for now. And what I always say is, while we are mostly wrong, we will keep trying to get it right. And with that, I'll say goodnight.